the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the project. And it's me, Haya, and Meg. Me and Meg bully Haya around a little bit. A so, little bit. So Meg, you took Liam's place today with bullying somebody. I, I love it. Say, it was nice to be on the other side of it, but I feel for you, Haya. I feel like I came back and had your back. Though. Thank you. Girls thank gotta you. stick together. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Officially been initiated in, right? Yes. The hazing yes. is over. You've been hazed. <laughs> but in all seriousness, in today's episode, we talked about back pain, which I think was phenomenal. We talked about achieving small goals. Meg, you touched on that a little bit. And I mean, it was just a really good packed episode, especially when it comes to physical therapy and recovery. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just dealing with pain and stress and weight management and stuff like that. And that's where the biggest takeaway, I think, is mindset comes first. And then we just go through a lot of other things that have kind of personally helped us firsthand experiences and dealing with it and moving forward. And then some great resources, I think, for guests and interviews that we can bring on to dive further. So I think it's a lot of information, a lot of fun in this episode. I really enjoyed catching up with you guys. And I think it's going to be really useful to a lot of our listeners. Also in this episode, we talk about surgeries and how not to really jump under the knife right away. I think that's an important point, especially here in Kuwait. We get a lot of doctors telling surgery, surgery, surgery. I had four doctors say you needed to have your labrum operated on. Went to the States, had an expert look at it. He was like, dude, here's a cortisone shot. Do these exercises for two to three months. See how it is after that. And sure enough, I was healed 100% full range of motion afterwards versus the guy who did have surgery and his range of motion was, needless to say, pretty bad afterwards. My favorite part was when we were talking about mindset and how important it is because that will really transform. Yeah, and with that note, listen to this episode, have fun. Don't forget to tell all your friends and family members to listen to the Project Kuwait and leave a rating and review on iTunes. And check us out on Instagram. All this and more in today's episode. Booyah, we're on. All right, I had to start like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm the douchebag in the group, all right? <laughs> Sorry. I, all right, look, dude, I had a pre-workout today, oh, okay? No. All right. Hey, his advice. Ready to go. Not my advice. I know. She was like, take half a scoop. Take half a scoop. And I'm like, dude, I'm taking the whole fucking scoop. It's like nine o'clock at night. You took pre-workout when? I'm doing the qualifiers for the Istanbul thing. So I wanted to like up up my burpees, dude. Did it work? No, I drive off like a mofo, dude. You didn't see me run over to my water in the middle of my water. I'm like, I need water. (laughs) So, but yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. How's the Istanbul training going? It's my, what, second, third competition now. It's the one, like, I had the open. It's just good experience. If I make it, great in the master's category. If I don't, then, you know, it sucks. But hopefully, you know, I'm keeping my hopes up there. I got my first ring muscle up. Yeah. So that was like a big moment. That was like, I got multiples, right? The first time I got them. And then when I went to do it in the wad, I could barely get more than friggin' two, which sucked. Because I was like, oh my God, like, I could do this. But why am I not doing it in the middle of the wad? You know what I mean? And right. It's just kind of like, yeah. well, it's that mental screw up that comes in the middle of it when you're like in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like I had a flare festival experience all over again where I just kept falling off the bar. But this time I was just falling off the rings. Right. So well, there's a little fatigue that sets in too when you're doing it with other stuff like in the middle of a workout. And you're not just fresh doing muscle ups and practicing that skill. It's a little different. Yeah. I mean, my coach thinks I was just in my own head. He was like, yeah, which I was when I looked at the video, I was pulling way too early. 
which, you know, when you okay. pull too early, you kind of miss everything. It just throws everything right. off. And then, you, you know, the you're power kinda, from the hips. Yeah. yeah and you're kind of chicken winging your way up. And yeah, it was just, like, I think I shed a tear at the end. I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah. That was so, hilarious. Yeah. But was everyone there to witness the first muscle up and then the string of the yeah, rest of them? Yeah, Did you have witnesses? Yeah, nice. yeah. Rob was, nice. I mean, Rob was there. He coached me through it, nice. which was awesome. It's like, I think he recorded the first one. It was awesome. He had his recorder on. It's fail, 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 fail. <laughs> and he was just, he was out of me. He's like, you're going to get this. I'm recording this shit. And he got it. And like, I'm up there and this big <laughs> smile comes on my face. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> so, no, it's a great feeling. That's, that's awesome. That's what I love about health and fitness and wellness in general is when you have these small accomplishments. Mm-hmm. It just means yeah. so much. It's not that empty feeling of buying that dress or that suit or the watch. It's something that kind of you hold on to. Like, I accomplished this. I knocked it off my body. Well, it's a skill. A muscle up isn't a little thing. Let's just (laughs) clarify that. But that's a lot of little skills that you've built up over the time. But like you've seen like finally come together into something. And that is like when you see that hard work pay off. You're right. That's absolutely more meaningful than buying anything. (laughs) Yeah, no, it means a lot. Yeah, I mean, you were just talking about your experience with your dad breaking 200. Can we talk about that? You yeah. want to talk about that, right? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. Mean, let's on, let's that's, talk that's about that. Yeah. Right there for yeah. him and for you, you know? Like. Yeah. Right. My dad is 63 years old. And today he texted me this morning. Yeah. He woke up and he's under 200 pounds for the first time since he was in high school. He hasn't been under 200 pounds my entire life. But yeah, he's doing awesome. So we started at the beginning of the year in January. I went and spent a couple of weeks with them. And his health has been something, I mean, like for many years, he's just struggled with. He's had back surgeries, knee surgeries, arthritis. He's had like bone spurs in his neck and just all kinds of stuff going on. He's always just been a mess. And his thing has just always been, I'm old and this is what happens. Or I'm aging and this is what happens. Mm-hmm. His dad also suffered a lot when he was aging. So I think it was just kind of built up in this story of just like, it happened to my dad. It's inevitable that it's going to happen to me, that I'm going to just really struggle and be broken in my old age. And so when I was there for the couple of weeks in January, we just kind of like processed through a lot of that, a lot of the storytelling and kind of going through things of what control you do have. And it also kind of helped that my stepmom was going through her cancer stuff at that time. And I think it was just a good overall life perspective of like looking ahead and like, what do you want out of the quality of the rest of your years? Like, do you want it to look like how your parents struggled in the end? Or do you want to start making some changes now and start with where you are right now, instead of always looking, you know, trying to go back to what you used to be able to do, like start with where you realistically are now and want to get out of these last few years. Like he retired a couple years ago and he's just getting sicker and it was sad. And it was like, you have all the time in the world (laughs) to be doing anything to help yourself. So it was awesome to really process through that. And I was just there for like two weeks and I kind of thought about it. I was like, after that, it was, I had such a good time with them. I was like, God, I kind of want to stay home for a little bit longer and like really like help them through this. But that was also at that point, And then I just was very straight up with them. Like I could stay here and continue to like kind of help promote these things. But as soon as I leave, then I feel like there goes your excuse to do any of it on your own. So I yeah. feel like we've processed through a lot. Like it is really up to you now. And so all he's focused on, I think the whole thing is like the whole idea he's had built in his head is just that I need to restrict. I need to restrict. You know, I have to watch what I eat. I can't have this. I can't have beer. I can't have fish anymore. I can't have any of these things that I enjoy. I think that's been the outlook for so long. And what's cool is like, he's just only focused on adding and looking at what does his day currently look like? And what are the little habits that we can kind of put with some of his already daily activities, little habits that you can attach to things that you're already doing that just seem to improve. So he just focused on adding more fresh vegetables first. So instead of taking away foods, 
it's like, have whatever you wanted, the fried fish, the hamburger and fries or whatever, but let's try to just add some more fresh foods with that. So maybe it's a salad, maybe it's whatever, more fixings and stuff on the side that are a fresh variety. So it just kind of started with that. He's just done like a lot more research on his own of looking at things like anti-inflammatory foods and diets and things. So just really watching like the sugar intake, still enjoying things as he wanted to, but he kind of started to replace the coffee with tea. So he was adding tea, like still having coffee, but then adding the tea. And then eventually the coffee kind of dwindled down because he was doing like eight cups a day at one point. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah he would, shit, he would make like, a, <laughs> yeah, he would make like a big pot in the morning and he would just kind of like chug that. So it was just cool. It was like just little things started adding and then like adding in walks every day. And like at this time, you know, it's winter and it's miserable outside. You know, it's really hard to get around and it's icy and he's had knee replacements and he's afraid of falling, you know, and things like that. So walking on the treadmill inside and then just doing some very gentle movements. So especially with his neck, like the bone spurs and stuff that he had, I mean, they were talking about like surgery and all kinds of things. So I just showed him some gentle movements and things to be doing with that. And he's totally been able to be pain-free and get so much range of motion back in his neck and build up some strength and things. So it's just, it's awesome. The things that have helped the most has just been like adding the fresh foods, adding a little bit more movement and it's just been gentle stuff. So now he's like getting into the point where he has to buy like all new clothes. <laughs> he's like nothing fits him anymore. But now he's getting interested as well in like getting some strength back. He understands now like muscles are meant to take the load, not my bones and not my joints. And when I was carrying around all this extra weight and with all these issues that I've had with my back and arthritis and knee surgeries, I've changed my patterns and how I walk and how I lift things and how I do things. And so he's just, now he's much more interested and it's cool that he just feels like confident and empowered enough that like he can do strength training and stuff. So just starting off with body weight stuff, kind of working the, the squat patterns and the hip hinging and loading things up there rather than on the knees. So I just love to see like the curiosity of it and him getting kind of playful again with his movement and his health. It's totally surprised me. Like I said, my entire life, it's like been a, a struggle and body image issues on the male side. We hear about it a lot with a female, but I know my dad's struggled with it a lot. And so it's just really cool that it's without even really trying on focusing to lose the weight. I think it was more as like a support for my stepmom and some for just like pain management for himself. And then it just like, like I said, by adding things, it's like the weight just fell off. Like he wasn't even trying. And he lost 32 pounds since January. Oh, that's amazing. Just, that is crazy. amazing. 32 pounds yeah. since January. That, yeah. And the funny thing is, it happens with just adding these little things. Because mm -hmm. one yeah. thing leads to the other. It kind of snowballs. And oh, that's amazing, dude. My Congrats. Yeah. Tell your dad, like, he's the man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he's oh, the yeah. man. I'll have him listen to this episode. But he just said, like, once he started adding the fresh stuff, then he just started looking at better ways of preparing the protein better in a healthier way. So like making sure having, you know, like the good fats along with it and then water and just having that good source of protein and cooking it with the good healthy fats that's reduced like his snacking in the evening. So like he's not snacking as much going into at night, you know, when you're kind of winding down or maybe a little bored or things like that. And then the turmeric and like apple cider vinegar stuff has been really good for helping with like the inflammation and stuff and pain for joints for arthritis. So it is, it's cool just to kind of like experiment and see what works. I gave him the information to start with, but I just love that he's taken the responsibility to like carry it on. <laughs> it's just so cool. He's 63 and to make life changes like that, I just think that's awesome. It is. It falls under the umbrella <laughs> of destroying all of these narratives that we've grown up with. Like aging is one, how the older yeah. you get, there's no point in doing any of this. So the fact that your dad is doing it at his age, it's great. And the first thing that he had to do was change his mindset. 
And then also with restriction, I think right. one of the that worst was 100% things. That the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the worst things anybody yeah. can do is restrict themselves because it's going to lead yeah. to binges. It's going to lead to feeling really bad after eating something you're, quote, not supposed to. So just kind of changing right. your mindset is so powerful yeah. within this journey. The whole thing of like, because my genetics, like 100% like genetics, they're real. Like I'm not denying that by any means, but like I do believe like it does set this range. And then depending on what you do with your habits kind of depends on where you fall in that range. So whatever your parents' health story is, I don't think is necessarily has to be yours. And that's particularly in regards to things like weight management and stuff like that. Like a lot of people like to blame that on genetics. And I think it's more environmental than it is. than it is genetics. I think it has a lot to do with the habits and stuff. And I think, and he was a caretaker for his parents in their old age. So I think that just like being that close to it probably reinforced a lot of, this is going to hurt when I get old. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of what's going to, then I think that's just what that generation is kind of yeah. led to believe too. When you talk to doctors, it's like they take your health history of things. And then I think that's just always kind of the fallback when they don't necessarily know what to do or they don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or if a patient isn't compliant yeah. with things, I think they just kind of like fall back on like the genetic story. Whereas mm-hmm. like, it is, it's easier to tell someone like, here, take this pill exactly. than it is to be like, okay, let's look at your entire life. And you're exactly right. It wasn't the food necessarily or the movement that were the problem for him. I mean, yes, they were, but what that happened first was that mindset change. It's it. Um, like I was having, and unfortunately, it took something like cancer to kind of bring it about. But it's a mindset change. It has to be the first step. It does. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they were telling me that I needed to stop training because I was just going to hurt myself. And I find it so interesting that people have this mindset of training at a younger age. Like, oh, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your back. You're going to hurt your joints. No, thank you. I'm increasing my bone density right now. And mm-hmm. it's helping me. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I think it depends, you, you know, though. like what you're. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> there was a delay there. <laughs> oh, oh, now is it Maddie's turn? Okay. Uh, like, uh, oh, yeah. sorry. Have you had any time? Okay. Hey, speak? now it's payback time. You can just cut uh, right yeah. now. Hold on. No, Meg, 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 you go, dude. Meg, you go. You have the floor. No, because you're just going to cut me off. Screw that shit. I'll just I'm go not going to gonna cut you off. Okay, I'm getting I am not as mean as you. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I am drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking my water and my mic is up. You uh, are fine. I don't even know what the fuck I was going to say now. <laughs> Man, that's what I was swearing what, so much this episode. So, all right, all right, all right. What is happening? Or we'll beep it out. Beep. Memory. <laughs> Memory. Next time I'm going to swear, no, I'll just I was go just going to say, you shit, now I don't even remember what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> it's a great episode. <laughs> great episode. Terrible. Terrible. I know right, what I was, what I was going to say is like the longevity you gain by actually living yeah. an active lifestyle makes a huge difference. And it pains me when I see people just thinking of the appearance the Botox, the this, the that, the this, the that. Dude, if there was an Mm. operation I could make so I could change the inside of my body to be 10 years younger, that would be the fucking operation I would do. (laughs) I wouldn't want like, (laughs) I I don't want to look younger. I want to feel young. Mm. I want my body to feel young. Mm. And the fact that I can actually go toe to toe with kids in their 20s and I'm 36, I love that feeling. I never want to lose that. I want to kick DJ's ass in basketball when he's 18. You know, I want to have that old man strength and be like, all right, kid, you really think you can outrun me? Let's go. You know, like that to me, that's because he'll be like, yeah, dude, my dad can run 5K in 30 minutes. What can your dad do? And that sets his mindset in the right direction later on. Mm -hmm. And it ensures that hopefully I can run well into my 60s and 70s. 
I don't want to be right. the older person that can't pick their grandchild up. That's turned into my right. like, nightmare right mm-hmm. now. Or get down on the floor with them and play with them. Yeah. Yeah. And get that, down to their level. And yeah. And that's, that's the thing is yeah. like with the people who talk about like training as being an, a thing that is going to injure you, I think a lot of them are mistaking maybe like what the training is for. Like there's training for competition. And when you train for a competition mm-hmm. or a sport lifestyle, I mean, for sure, you're sacrificing some longevity. Like there's no doubt to that. But like for general health and wellness, I mean, yeah, 100% there are benefits to strength training and resistance training. And again, it just depends on like the programming and the recovery, I think is a big part of that. But do what you enjoy, like for sure. Like if you spend your life lifting weights because you enjoy it, like by all means do that thing. Like do it because you enjoy it. And that's like, are you having fun with your training? That's like number one. And if you're not having fun doing the weight training, then choose something else and find some, there's, there's loads of options of what to do with your body and how to move. But like, number one, like, do you enjoy what you're doing? And that's probably somebody who like doesn't enjoy weight training. They look at you and they're just like, well, you're going to destroy your body. And maybe because it's hurt them and maybe because they, a shitty experience and they didn't know what to do or they didn't know how to go about it. And that's probably what it's like going back to the mindset and the stories and the things that build up. That's like, people kind of want to project their experiences and stuff on other people too. And it's just like at the end of the day, like do what you enjoy, mm-hmm. do something though. <laughs> Don't just sit around and get sick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And nobody I, enjoys that. No. no one does. And I think the number one thing that I keep hearing people talk about, and you brought this up and it's probably the point that we're going to talk about is back pain. Every single yeah. goddamn person <laughs> is like, no, no, no. I can't do this because my back. And it's like, dude, you do realize that you probably have back pain because none of your other muscles are supporting the system. Mm -hmm. Right. And you were just, you you were at a movement thing, right? I just did a workshop. Yeah, it's called Foundation Training. So this is developed by Dr. Goodman is his name. So, And I heard about this had a few years ago, someone had sent me a video on foundation training. There was someone, they were curious about back pain for someone else. And they were like, oh, have you ever seen this guy? He's got these videos, check it out on YouTube. And I watched some videos. I'm like, oh, that's really like good information. But I didn't really like pay enough attention to it. I think I was kind of wrapped up in the movement practices and teachers and stuff that I had at that time. But then I came back here and I met like this community of people that were all like in this movement stuff. And a lot of them had done this foundation training. And so I just became kind of curious about it. And so, yeah, they were coming out for a workshop and I signed up and it was amazing. It was so cool. And what was really funny was like the instructor of it. I'm pretty sure him and I were at a movement workshop together in Copenhagen like two years ago. So we were talking about like different experiences and stuff that we had had. So it was really cool to have that kind of connection. But there was a group of about 16 of us. And for myself, like I've kind of been dealing with that. It mimics a lot of signs of like sciatica, like a shooting, like hip pain and low back pain and things like that. And for me, the only thing that's been working lately is releasing the psoas. And so I was thinking maybe it was like a strain in that muscle or something. But I know a lot of times to relieve it too, doing things like a hip hinge, like a good morning or a waiter bow, whatever you want to call it, like those kinds of moves, like those always help to relieve the pain a little bit. But going through this foundation training, that all started to make sense. And it just kind of like bridged the gap between all these other little things I was doing to help release the back pain. And it just makes sense. Like from our daily habits and our daily lifestyle, we have this chronic problem of, you think about it when you're sitting in a chair for a while, your legs just kind of open up a little bit. So we get this like external rotation in our hips. And so we get really long in the muscles on the inside of our legs and we get really short with the glutes and the ones on the outside. And so what that does is that just compresses all of the bones and the muscles and the nerves and everything down in there. And that's where a lot of that back pain is coming from. It's just like this chronic problem of really long muscles in the front and really short muscles in the back and too much compression. So they teach you this technique of 
how to like anchor into the ground differently, like pressure on your feet and where the hips and things need to be. And then you do this technique of decompression breathing. And it's a very difficult technique to get, but basically like every breath in, you're decompressing all that load on those muscles. You're lengthening the muscles on the outside. You're strengthening the ones on the inside to like hold everything in place. You're teaching your body exactly like the positions that it needs to be in so that when you are moving around in daily life, like those muscles are on and triggered. So it's a big sense to the nervous system, but this decompression breathing just helps breathe deep into those muscles. And again, like fire the nervous system there and understand like the position of everything. So you're really teaching your body like the correct movement pattern of where it needs to go rather than like a chiropractor releasing it and popping you into place and then not teaching your body how to hold it there Mm. or not doing any kind of weight training or movement at all. So it's just really interesting. And then up top, we deal with the opposite problem, right? We've got like really short muscles in the front and really long muscles in the back, just a modern lifestyle. So it was just really interesting to talk about those things, but they have you like anchor into the ground. So you find these like three pressure points on your feet. You kind of internally rotate the hips again to lengthen those outside muscles, strengthen the inside ones. And then you do the decompression breathing. So a few cycles of that. And like, as you exhale, it's a weird sensation where you're like, it seems like you're pulling your belly button away from your pant line, but it's not sucking in. It's like wrapping your stomach muscles like around it. It's a wild sensation. There's videos we'll have to link so people can like play with this. And we also need to get the foundation training guys on because it's just, they can explain it way better than I can. But it's this wild sensation of like wrapping your ab muscles around. So it's like you create all this space in your spine and your low back and in those muscles And then every exhale, it's like you kind of wrap those muscles around that and you maintain that space. And then you take in another breath and you release and you create all this space. And then you exhale and you like hold that space there. It's just, it's wild. But the pain. I'm like, see, yeah. So it's like they have you do like the, they they call them your measuring sticks. And it's like cowabunga sign that like surfers do, right? Right. Is this the cowabunga sign? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, hang 10 or whatever it is. (laughs) So like your thumb basically goes to your low ribs. It doesn't necessarily have to be like on your last rib, but just like your low ribs. And then your pinky is at your hips. Okay. Um, and so then like elbows are out to the side and you want to watch the shoulders, like make sure those kind of stay depressed and, and locked down, down but, yeah, and not flaring out at all. But basically with each breath in, you're breathing in through the nose and you're feeling all that space get created in there. And then as you exhale, you're kind of wrapping. Down. So it's going to feel like things are moving down, but you're actually just like wrapping the muscles around to hold that space. And then you're going to breathe in again and you just keep making that space. So like if Haya pushed on your elbows on the side, like you would have a lot of tension there, like your elbows wouldn't fold in or anything. So you're holding a lot of tension. But while you're doing that decompression breathing, your stance, I'll see, I don't know if you guys can see my feet, but like you would lift up your big toes and you'd find like that pressure point underneath your big pad of your toe, your little pad, and then your heel. And so you've got like toes together, heels apart slightly, find those three pressure points. Then you could release the toes back down and then you like squeeze the knees together and kind of internally rotate the hips. So now it's like making that space back here in the low back and then those side like glutes, let's call it. Oh my God, I can actually, uh, I can, I can, I can, I can feel my upper glutes. Like I can feel my butt activating. Right. And then here's what's really so cool. Weird, so make sure, you're totally, <laughs> make sure you're totally like upright. Well, you're going to be a little bit of a hip hinge, but like make sure the neck is nice and long when I say upright. So you're thinking about like the top of your head. Yeah, I'm staying really tall there. And then what's wild now, bring your arms out in front of you. And I want you just with your bottom two fingers and your thumb really push in to those fingers into each other and tell thumb me where well. you feel it. Thumb as well. Thumb as well. Your thumb as well. Yeah, yeah. And where do you feel like kind of like tense up or light up in your body? I would say my rear delts, like all of my back. You feel it in your back? Yeah. Hinge a little bit more at your hips and then like kind of make like a ball like shape, like a sphere with your fingers there. And then like lean forward, hinge at your hips and lean forward. So hands and hips away from each other. Yeah. 
and then bottom two fingers and the thumb really push into each other, where do you feel it? Still in the delts? Now it's in like lower backish area, like around okay. there, okay. like around, yeah, around my lower back. Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> that's, yeah, okay. That's now, totally now, weird. top two fingers, push those together and where do you feel it? Medial back, like mid back, lower back. Do you feel it in front at all? Reach those hands away from your hips a little bit more. There it is a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. all around. Like it's a pretty good tension hold. Yeah. So then you just kind of like hold there. You go through a few of those decompression breathing cycles and then you would pull back out of it. But what's really interesting is that these three fingers here, those should, that should light up your posterior chain. And so it's just wild that these fingers That's are so connected. That's so weird, dude. Yeah, all that the way was down really to your weird. Chain. And these two fingers at top are connected to up here in your shoulders. Like it's just wild, I feel. <laughs> I was blown away by that. I'm like, how is that? Like pushing into these three fingers here and I feel my butt tense up. <laughs> no, know? I know. It's it's, it, so was, it was definitely weird. Yeah, I was doing it wrong at first because it was just my shoulders. But then when I felt my lower back light up and everything, I was like, whoa, all right, this is pretty cool, dude. (laughs) It's kind of like Aldoa. Do you ever get into Aldoa at all? Mm -mm. What's that? It's basically spinal decompression. I used to do it for my lower back. Basically stick your butt to the wall and kind of point your toes in. There's different positions for different parts of back pain. And it's, I mean, I tried it for a while. It was kind of like a Panadol. Worked for a little bit, but I never stayed truly mm-hmm. consistent with it. But yeah, that's just yeah. Aldoa. So I mean, that's and that's a- the thing with this too is I think consistency is key. So I, but I before I did this workshop, I just have to say before I did this workshop, I had spent three days before, and this is where I think my back pain. This is a whole other kind of issue with back pain, but I think my back pain is stress induced because this was. I am not kidding you guys. I told you about my miserable move situation. Yeah, yes. and I had moved into an apartment that was just awful and not at all what I expected, and. I'm sitting there. It's the day that I'm moving my stuff out now again after like less than 48 hours of signing the lease and being there. But I'm sitting there and I just get that crippling pain in my hip. Like I can't stand. I can't put any weight. I cannot relax my leg at all. And I've got to move my entire apartment. And it just feels awful. And I just want to cry. And my dad called me because he had moved me into the apartment. and He was on his way out of town. And I was talking with him and was just like, I can't live here. Like I need to get out. I need to have all my stuff done. And he told me, I think he was in like already like an hour and a half or something out of town. And he just told me, he was like, I'll turn around and I'll come back. And he's like, we'll come back and we'll help you pack things up. That's really um, sweet of him. Yeah, super sweet. I would have and... left my kids high and dry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was already, he had like a three hour trip on back home and like it had been like a long week for him and he's got to still his own stuff. You know, he's kind of dealing with that. I didn't want him, you know, putting extra stress and like moving things, you know, and I felt yeah. terrible, but, but it was literally just like hung up the phone with him and all that pain went away. Wow. And I think it was just, yeah. And so a part of it, I was like, this is 100% like stress induced. I think just knowing that I had a little bit of a support system and maybe asking for some help was like a good, <laughs> a good time to do that. <laughs> so it was that pain signal coming, I think for sure stress induced. But then the next three days I had spent every night, I mean, I was just, I couldn't fall asleep. I could not relax my leg. Anytime I relaxed, I would just get spasms and it was just awful. And I had this workshop on Saturday and this was like my third night of no sleep and just feeling real shitty. A part of me was like, this is a back pain relief education experience. So I kind of hope it flares up in the middle of this. So I can like talk to them about it. But also I'm like, it's a workshop. It's not a personal training experience. <laughs> like I'm probably not getting into the root of my problem here. <laughs> but literally we went through, we did a warm up. The first thing they started us with was a warm up, and it was going through, it's called the founder, the little exercise that kind of just walked you through. And we did like three cycles of it and all the pain went away. And wow. I felt oh, amazing. amazing for the rest of the workshop. Yeah. And literally I have had it. And afterwards at the end of the workshop, Jesse was so cool. And he came and he talked with me a little bit more about it. 
and yeah, just kind of gave me some tips. And a lot of it was just with the decompression breathing. And it's just, you do, you have to make it part of a daily practice. And there's an eight week program they have that I'll probably give a try. So I can give like my full review maybe after that. But anytime that I've felt that kind of like flaring up, whether it's stress induced or, or not, I go through a few rounds of that and it just, I'm not kidding. It almost immediately takes it away. And I'm becoming much more aware now of like, how I walk and different habits. Like I didn't think my walking was a bad pattern. I've done a lot of pattern correction with my Edo training and my fighting monkey stuff. And I've got great range of motion and things, but it is, it's a lot of strength and stability in those areas. I think that's what the pain signal most of the time is for us. It's that it's lacking some strength and some stability in an area. And I just didn't understand where mine was coming from. And now I've got like a lot better grip on just patterns in daily life and walking for sure. Like I can feel my hips just kind of like wide open. And some of that maybe came from like a total shift in lifestyle over the last year of like, I was in the car a lot driving to and from appointments and things. And you don't think about how that stuff affects you just day to day. It may not seem like a lot of time, but when you're doing that every day and I was working six, seven days a week, <laughs> yeah. a lot of the time it's like those, your body just totally, it adapts good or bad. It adapts to whatever you're doing. Yeah. Foundation training was a great experience. And I think, like I said, it just kind of linked together a lot of the pieces from other types of training that I was just kind of lacking, I guess, in my own awareness. So it's worth checking out. There's loads of videos and stuff on YouTube, but back pain for sure. I think for a lot of people, we've talked about this before, like the low back pain being related to like finances. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You told me about that book. Yeah. That was was another little chat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like kind of the Louise Hay method and it's the emotional, yeah, reasons for like metaphysical pain. And so it was like low back can be attributed to financial stuff or feeling like a lack of support can be low back pain. Your middle back pain, a lot of times is a signal for like, get off my back. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling, you know, like suffocated and stressed in a lot of ways there. Or the upper back is usually like a stubbornness, the inability to kind of see all sides of a problem or a situation. And so it's just really interesting how the physical way that some emotional things can can manifest. Well, I mean, when you look at it, there's tons of research that supports that pain is a mental thing for the most part. I mean, a lot of pain can be derived mentally. I mean, you see it with amputees who have phantom pain after they have a limb amputated and you have a lot of people that say, oh, I have this pain. You brought that up to me and Mm -hmm. sure shit. I was like, I had really bad lower back pain. And then when I sorted my finances out for the house, like it was like, oh, okay. Some of it's gone now. Right. I mean, like a couple of years ago, I was deadlifting and I bent down, picked up the bar. I felt a snap and a pop in my lower left back. And Mm -hmm. I think I was like, I couldn't walk for like 12 days. It was freaking horrible. It was, it still flares up, but the consistency of doing planks, dead bugs Mm. and side planks, I don't know why, but side planks, the pain's gone. It alleviates right away. And that's really interesting, especially like with dead bugs. We talked about dead bugs and bird dog. And like the whole idea is like your spine, yes, you want it to be very mobile, like spinal waves and stuff. That's why it's so good. You want that fluidity and that compression and everything there. Sorry, the fluid and the space between the discs there. But your spine is meant to be, especially your low back, is supposed to be a point of stability. Your upper spine and your hips those are points of mobility. And so it's interesting, like your ankles are supposed to be mobile. Your knees are supposed to be stable. Your hips are supposed to be mobile. Your low back is supposed to be stable. Your upper body is supposed to be mobile. And that's kind of how we're designed, you know, that stacking that point of mobility and point of stability. But how many times are we putting the mobility and the pressure you watch as the squats, like people initiate the movement with their knees rather than with their hips, or they arch really big in that low back and get those low back bones moving rather than holding them stable. That's why a dead bug (laughs) or a bird dog is so important for holding that spine 
so stable while you move your limbs. And it's brain training for a lot of people to coordinate, you know, like when you're holding so tight in that position and you get opposite sides moving, but it's so beneficial for turning on the nervous system there of like, where am I supposed to be stable in my body? And where am I supposed to have that mobility in that range? And that's why chasing mobility is just so hard because people want better flexibility and they want more mobility, but they will force it in a position and sacrifice that stability of the low back of all these other joints in order to get at that range. And I'd be like, oh, look at how I can move my arms. And it's like, yeah, but your low back is like totally tilted and arched and you're just compressing those bones so much. Like go back (laughs) back a little bit and work that area, you know, and build the strength there before you start just forcing the ranges of motion. But the guy who designed it, I think his MRI they showed a picture of it and it's a disgusting spine. I mean, when you look at it, like, I'm not a chiropractor or a bone doctor, but I look at that and I'm like, that looks awful. And that person <laughs> must be in a lot of pain. It's like total degeneration. Like there's no space between the discs. I mean, it's awful. And he does this now. And how he found it is he was in a yoga class and he was coming out of like a chair pose how he figured out the way his knees and hips were positioned coming out of the chair pose. He had changed it a little bit kind of to that position that I was talking you through. And that's where he found out that coming out of that position, he had no pain. And then he just started exploring the movement patterns and all this stuff. And that's kind of how he came up with his protocol. And he still has the same spine. If you take an MRI today, it looks exactly like that old one, but he has no pain and he can move and he is healthy and he's lifting and he's strong as hell. He deadlifts. Like I think Jesse, the guy who was leading it tells me he can deadlift like over 500 pounds or something crazy. That's that's Um, pretty sick. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. With a spine that's like, you know, and so that was part of, you know, their teaching point with it too, is just like when you get these MRIs and you get these scans of different kinds, like it's one picture at one point in time. Like it's not a life sentence. Like if you have a bulging disc, a slip disc, all these things. And if your pain is something that's intermittent, it's not the end all be all. Like you can save that and you can work around that. You don't need surgery necessarily to fix that. Hundred percent. And so it's like, he had such a good, you know, analogy with it. He was like, you wouldn't buy a car off of just one picture, right? Like you would want to see other angles, other scenarios. Like you'd want to take it for a test drive. (laughs) You'd want to judge it on some other things. But how many times do we get these x-rays and scans and things and we feel like that's the end all be all. Now we're sentenced to this life of pain and discomfort and inability to do the things that we love because of what this one picture in time says. It was a great workshop. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up about doctors. I actually had a conversation today yeah. with a guy at work. He comes in because, you know, like I'm kind of dubbed the fitness dude of our, uh, yeah. of our department or like our entire floor. So mainly because I probably walk around on my hands all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in, he goes, yeah, dude, I'm, you know, it sucks. I'm having shoulder surgery. And he's 28, 27. I'm like, you're having shoulder surgery? He's like, yeah, I got a really bad impingement. And I was like, did you try physiotherapy? Okay. And he goes, no. Mm-hmm. I was like, so you've done zero physical therapy? No, the doctor said I need surgery. They have to shave the bone because the, and this is what doctors here told me. They said your chromium is rubbing up against the tendon. So we need to shave it down and create space, blah, 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 blah. Right? Right. And I said, dude, look, go to A, B, and C. Go to these three physical therapists. Check them out. Do physiotherapy. I said, look, I got four doctors in Kuwait said, have surgery. One doctor in Boston, and hey, is proof of this, said, all right, dude. And this is when I tore my left labrum. He's like, here's a cortisone shot. Swing a baseball bat in two months after you do all of these exercises Mm -hmm. every other day. I think he gave it to me twice a day. Yeah. And sure as shit, did it twice a day. I stuck with the program like glue. And sure as shit, I could swing a baseball bat. In fact, I was playing baseball again that next year. Yeah. Pain-free. Yeah. With my left arm, which was amazing. 
And then I tore my right leg. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like back to square one again, you know? But I knew what to do in my right arm. That's the arm I throw with. The left right. arm, I was sliding into second base and I swear it probably popped in and out. And that's what mm-hmm. probably caused the tear. Because I felt something happen when I slid into the bag. Yeah. And, I, and like an idiot, I played the rest of the game. <laughs> and then I played two softball games after that, like a dumbass. And I woke up at right. 2 o'clock in the morning and I was in tears. Literally tears. Like yeah. I couldn't lift my arm. But yeah. moral of the story is don't just rush under the knife. Right. It's right. Go to try physiotherapy first. We've had multiple doctors yeah. say, use medicine not as an end-all be-all. Lifestyle mm-hmm. habit changes. If you have high cholesterol, try fixing it with your habits. We had the ambassador right. on and he said he basically cured his diabetes or got to sub-diabetic levels. Yeah. With right. Just adjusting. Yeah. Nutrition. Yeah. Going on walks. Yep. Just all these little yeah. things adding up. And it's the it same is. thing with your body. Like mm-hmm. freaking physiotherapy. Like put in some of the work. Put in the fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's, a, and again, it's like, you can blame doctors, but like at the same breath, like it's hard because it's a lot easier to prescribe the surgery, to prescribe the pills because they know that that works, right? I do the surgery, this person feels better. Generally, that's the story. Very rarely do they get the person that they prescribe the surgery to and that person says, no, I'm going to try this. Does that person really ever go back to the doctor and say, hey doc, this is what I did and this worked well and I was able to avoid the surgery? Like that rarely happens, you know? And it's like, same thing with medications. Like I can give this person this pill for their cholesterol or whatever and that's going to fix that problem. Other problems are going to show up, (laughs) you know, from that. But there's like immediacy is kind of the thing and like relief. And it's a lot easier to have someone pop a pill every day or take a shot than it is to say for the next however long, I need you to do this movement that isn't sexy or fun or you know, <laughs> like it's, but it's going to help. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. It's like decompression breathing. There's nothing like sexy and fun about that. Like it's complicated as hell to get it. And it's frustrating. But like, if you go through it and you do it, the shit works. Yeah. No, hundred yeah. percent. And it's like, Ooh. just to jump on the shoulder stuff that I did, because everyone thinks external yeah. rotation, external, internal rotation. Mm-hmm. Those are the exercises you do. Dude, I learned how to do a bear hug with a band. Like you put a band oh, around yeah. the pole, you do a bear hug and that activates the serratus, I believe. And it activates mm-hmm. everything underneath the shoulder and underneath yeah. the shoulder girdle and the blade and everything. And then you got your W's, T's and Y's that mix into it yep. also. And, and the thing with those exercises specifically, I think that people miss is how to depress the shoulder yep. yeah. when yeah. going through yeah. those because we're already so yep. elevated. And that's the key is, and that is for most people, it's that underneath the shoulder blade, there are those muscles. I think yep. like trap three is part of those, like your the lower trapezes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't and know And that's how to activate. the one that's going to break and cause all those other problems. And in baseball, yeah. in baseball, shoulder depression. Yeah, dude, hundred yeah. percent. In baseball right now, most of the top tier athletes are the top tier pitchers and baseball is mm-hmm. an overhead sport. Same with swimming, volleyball and everything else. It's the stoppers in the back right. that aren't working correctly. Yeah. If you can throw a hundred miles an hour yep. forwards, what can you do backwards? Yeah. What the back right. of your arm, the back of your shoulders, those are your stopper muscles. And if they're not strong enough to hold your joints and ligaments together, you're fucked. You're kind of screwed with that. Yeah. So there's another swear for you. Yeah. I'll, put, I'll put a swear jar. <laughs> appreciate it. Oh, but, are, we, are we doing that? <laughs> <laughs> but like, what is it? Band pull-aparts are great. Face pulls are amazing. Mm-hmm. Straight arm lat pull-downs. Mm-hmm. Bent over straight arm lat pull-downs. I was going to say shrugs. Shrugs, shrugs yeah, hanging 100%. on the bar. Shrugs hanging on the yep. bar. Yeah. Also, one thing Reese taught me, and I learned this in Reese's class, which is what you probably taught him, was hang on the Thank bar. You. 
What is it? You hang on the bar and then you try to get your scapula to move in circles or like you try and get it to circles. rotate. Yeah. And yeah. It is oh, amazing. Dude, yeah. it is amazing what yeah. that actually does. All this shit is usually a part of my warm up routine in some capacity. Like I alter it around. That's good. Based really on good. what I'm doing. But yeah. for me, I'll take a band, put it on the pole, and then I'll put it in the palm of my hand, stretch my arm way out, and I'll do wax on, yep. wax off all the way down and then back yeah. all the way up. And for me personally, because everyone's different, for me personally, that's what gets my brain to trigger everything in my back to work. It's not sexy. No. But you need to do it. But you also just can't rush through these movements. Like you really have to take the time to stop and try to form that like mind muscle connection as cliche as it sounds. But you got to earn your speed with it for sure. And none of that stuff is really meant to speed through. But that's like why like things like muscle ups and pull ups, like Mm -hmm. people, right, that's a sexy move. And so people want to rush into that without having that control of the scap and the things that are going to support the the big muscles. Going back to like muscle supporting and, and surgery talk and things, one of my coaches that I'd had, he had tore a pec muscle doing some ring work and he was just fatigued and just in it. And the pec muscle, just the whole head of it just tore immediate bruising, immediate everything, but he avoided surgery and it shows him he's, I'll have to send you guys the video, but he just immediately started moving it in any way that he could. And you just see like immediate bruising down it. I mean, it was disgusting, but it was like six month journey and he was back to doing his ring work and stuff. And he just used movement to heal, but it was a lot of that control and small, tedious little work to help those small muscles because those are the ones. We know the bicep, we know the hamstrings and we know the glutes and we know the big muscles, but there's so many supporting ones to that that just get ignored and they wither away if they don't get the right control and the right movement. And so doing a lot of those movements that you're talking about for the bottom of the shoulder is just so key for a lot of the upper body strength. Even your grip strength, so the ones in your hands and your fingers, that's what's wild about that pushing and feeling that is your grip strength is related to your pulling strength. So if your deadlifts suck, if your pull-ups suck, if you know any of your bar work sucks, you got to work that grip strength, yeah. you know? Exactly. And it's- Ditch the straps. <laughs> to risk the- Ditch the straps. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Cheat, even- Cheating. I know, <laughs> Thank right? you. Thank yes, you. Thank is. you. I was having a conversation with somebody today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, Unless totally you're doing is. like 12 reps of deadlifts, you don't need to. Oh, ex- excuse <laughs> me, power lifter over here. I'm all right? sorry. Dude, she's creeping up on you. She's creeping up on me in squats. <laughs> like, what the frig, man? That is right. Work on your grip. Don't use straps. Oh, yeah? Not, we'll stop doing the reverse use, reverse grip, all right? I don't, okay? I hold off on it. Like alternate left and we right. I hold easily on label on. this episode like marriage counseling as well. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like Mar- my older marriage life. counseling or foreplay. I don't know what's gonna happen. Ooh, I like the floor Stop. foreplay. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm out after this episode. You're never Man, you're awesome. This is awesome. Oh my god! Imagine if Liam was here too. Holy shit! We'd have a field day. On me? You're, it's a rookie. You're a rookie. No. You're a rookie on the show. We I control all your lives on Instagram, so don't piss me off. Fair point. That's a fair point. That's definitely a fair Just point. Just in general, I feel, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would all be lost without you. Well, so, so wait, hold on. Hey, we wouldn't how's, have how's any guests. How's your we rehab wouldn't. going over there with your trapezial? Are you doing your exercises? I am. I'm doing all my exercises. And your, your horrible mobility with your ankles. Oh, <laughs> I have just below... Average ankle mobility. Like, you see my face line up. I'm like, she's having a problem with ankles. No, it's apparently mine are just like not even bad. They are just beyond. So it's a lot of ankle mobility, a lot of calf stretches, a lot of work, but they're getting better. So what are you doing? One of my favorite moves to release. (laughs) 
my calves these days has just been getting a barbell, putting like right on my calves and sitting on it and just like rolling it until I find a tight spot. It hurts so bad. But the next day, my legs feel so much better. Like I can get in that position Mm. a lot more and it just like, it just needs to release a little bit. I've got one that will totally rock your world. It might make you sick to your stomach in the beginning, but it's really good. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, I've got a video of it on my, I just, I did it with the group that I was training for the dinosaur puppetry. I know I told you guys a little dude, bit that about that. I got a group awesome, of, dude, that was, what, do you like how post? I put the oh Jurassic Park yeah, theme song yeah, yeah, with your, it? Your post was awesome, dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, a group of performing artists and a lot of them have like, yeah, real stiff like ankles and low back problems and stuff. And so this one, it's called the Wushu Bounce. I guess you guys can look it up on YouTube too, but that's a real great one for releasing some of that low leg. I've got one on my channel. I'll share it with you. Okay. Wushu Bounce? Ankles, like I said, they're a point of mobility. So when those get locked Mm -hmm. and tight, everything above can't function how it needs to. And that's where patterns, you know, get off and yeah, creates all kinds of imbalances. So those ankles are definitely feet, toes. I have my, all my mobility classes, I have people working their toes and their feet and they're like, and people just giggle and they look like, I never look at my toes. I never think about my feet. Yeah. Like, yeah, you need to. There's a lot of little stuff happening. There's 33 joints below your ankle. I mean, there's so much going on there. Yeah. You got to take care of your Can feet. you pick up a pencil with your foot or with your oh, toes? Yeah. I did a marble oh, yeah. the other day. You did a yeah. marble the other day? That's yeah. impressive. Listen, Marbles I'm, I'm also a yogi. So I'm good with like the balance and all of that. But it's just, it's my no, ankles. It's and then my hamstrings, they're so stretchy and bendy. But that's also a problem because like yep. the whole strengthening of, like I can fold forward really easily. Right. But then controlling them in like a good morning takes a lot of work. That's and then so important to recognize because a lot of people chase that flexibility and mobility, like I was saying, and it is, you have to have the stability and the strength in any of those ranges. And if you don't, that's where injury is like, yes, I'm coming for you. You're going to find those weak spots. Yeah. So my back pain was really bad and I was trying to figure out like where it was coming from. Was it my ankles, my calves, my hamstrings? Where was it? And then when I went to go see my physiotherapist, she was like, oh, this is easy. It's your QL. And as soon as like I kind of stretched that out and now added more warmups to kind of, I think my point here is I needed to figure out the way that my body's moving right now. And then what can I do to correct all of these imbalances that I have instead of just ignoring it. Or like if I'm doing a good morning and my low back is hurting and my glutes aren't activating, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to let that ego drive me through just like doing like five or six more reps because what's that going to do? Nothing. I am going to take the time to activate those muscles in the beginning and work through that. I think it's important. And that's the thing that's hard is because people struggle to start at or recognize that where they're starting from, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm especially like in a group training setting, let's say for sure you don't get really tuned in with that even because you're chasing this like one baseline, I guess that everybody's kind of going towards, but that is, it's hard for people to start because they'll look up, you know, like low back problems or something. And maybe they're going off of something that is someone else's imbalance, but you totally have to start with where you are at that point. And you can't try to like force yourself to go back to where you were 10 years ago and work at that point. (laughs) (laughs) You have to start where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think one thing that I want to bring up too is that everyone's built differently. Everyone's joints are different. Our movement patterns are going to be different. That's why pro athletes are the best cheaters in the world. They can just manipulate their body because of their genetics. 
You talked about genetics earlier. A lot of people are just built differently. No matter how you cut it, you can get to a certain level with practice and everything. But ultimately, genetics are going to play a factor in how your body was just built and shaped. I'm 5'7". I'm not a big guy, but I could throw a baseball pretty damn hard. And it's just kind of genetics. There are guys my size that can't throw a baseball nearly as hard as me, and they played just as long. And same thing goes for when you're talked about movement and not forcing that movement. Because I think that's key. I think some people get injured and can almost be on the brink of injury because they're trying to like, oh, they say my hips are tight. My hips are tight. So I got to stretch them out, stretch them out. But dude, there's maybe your body's just built that way. And you should figure out a movement pattern that works for you versus forcing it. Because if you force those joints into the wrong way, ultimately, it's just going to degrade and you're in a world for trouble. Right. Yeah. No, there's a lot of, for sure. I think, again, yeah, the habits going along with it. Like, it's hard to say, like, I don't know, as far as like movement wise, I can't say what my genetics have really set me up for. I just know habit wise (laughs) where (laughs) I've fallen, I guess, within that. But yeah, when you're forcing it to go to a point that some other standard, I guess, has been set, you really have to look inside your own body and connect with that. And yeah, it's not going to look the same as everybody else, but 100%, you should be aiming for a pain-free space Key, to pain move in free. when you're, yeah, when you're yeah, going yeah. for Key that. is pain-free, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're going through that, like your stretching and your mobility work shouldn't be full. Like, and you know the difference between discomfort and pain, but pain is 100% information and that's your body. It's a clear signal. So yeah, you're not trying to get into that pain sensation when you're going through your mobility work. I think you should find the pain-free range and you should work there and build the strength and then you challenge it and maybe you feel a little discomfort along the way, but it shouldn't be a painful experience. <laughs> 100% it shouldn't be a painful experience. Yeah, but yeah, that's all I had to say about that. Okay. I like painful <laughs> positions, hey. <laughs> a sound guy edits that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, thanks for listening to this week's episode everybody um, wait Meg can we leave that in there please and that's how we transitioned into are we ending it <laughs> alright was that was that it we'll, we'll end it um, yeah cause I need some food oh my god right you now. guys froze up <laughs> one you guys froze up is it ended yeah it <laughs> ended hey it wins Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.